Welcome to the Pooch Parenting Podcast, a podcast for parents with dogs. I'm Michelle Stern, a certified professional dog trainer, mom, and former teacher. Living with kids and dogs at the same time can feel like a circus. I know because I lived it too. Join us as we interview a variety of experts and parents to discuss topics that will make parenting with dogs easier, safer, and less chaotic. Also, you can love living with your dog again. I'll always keep it real, which might even mean that you hear the messiness of life in the background on occasion, but at least you know you're not alone. In this episode, I interview professional pet photographer Allison Shamrell. If you're a parent, you absolutely understand how hard it is to capture good photos of your kids or of your dogs, and you can imagine that when you try to get good photos of them together, it can be an absolute nightmare. In this episode, Allison shares some of her best tips for getting really great photos of kids and dogs. Um, I'm going to let Allison introduce herself, and then we're going to talk about taking good family photos, which is kind of like herding cats at times when you've got kids and dogs and everything else in the mix. So why don't you introduce yourself, Allison? Sure. Well, yeah. Thank you for having me here. Gosh, it's such an honor. Oh, I'm um, so happy too. My name is uh, Allison Shamrell. I live and work in San Diego, California, and I have been a professional full-time pet photographer for just over nine years now. So coming up on 10, excited about that. And yeah, I'm pretty happy sure it's the best job in the world. Thank you. <laughs> I know. Um, no, it's the best. And I just, you know, with all this, um, COVID stuff that we are in the midst of. Um, when it first kind of hit, I was rescheduling sessions left and right, of course, photo sessions that people had booked, that companies had booked with me, families, all that. And I <laughs> I got to thinking about, you know, that's a bummer. Like, not only is it sad we have to wait, but, you know, I, I got to thinking about, you know, there's a lot of dogs who are maybe never going to have a professional portrait taken for whatever reason. Maybe yeah. they live on the other side of the country as me or their parents don't want to, you know, spend that kind of money, whatever the case is. Yeah. And I just, you know, I really believe that every dog and every pet and every every child, too, deserves an amazing portrait, just a truly great portrait. So I've started this new project of just helping people take better photos on their own. Um, and so that's what I would love to share with you guys is um, just whatever knowledge, you know, that you'd like to know from nine years of being in the business of making oh my it gosh. kids yes. and, and pets. And yeah. yeah. Since we're dealing with kids and dogs, probably at the same time for most of my people, um, it's like herding cats. So what would you say are some of your best tips for containing, literally containing the creatures that you're trying to photograph and getting them? Because I find that with my puppy, when I try to get his attention, he comes to me as opposed to looking at me, right? So mm -hmm. obviously, you know, he's an adolescent, so our... our stay is not so good right now, but, um, you know, all of those kinds of things, how, how, what kind of tips would you give to somebody for that? Oh my gosh. Um, so many, I'll try and keep it brief, but overall, here's the approach that I take to every session that I do. My approach is to show the dogs that I'm working with and the kids too, an amazing time. I just want to have a blast. I want to have fun. I'm not that Sears portrait studio, you know, where I'm like, turn your shoulders this way and tilt your head. Like we don't do any of that, you know, kind of posing. We just have a good time because I know that if everyone's having a good time, that's going to come through in the portraits they are going to be genuine and, and authentic. So I want everyone to have a good time. And that doesn't mean sitting stiffly and posing. So yeah. We do a lot of running around. We play. And I encourage people if they're looking at, you know, hey, I want to take a photo of my, my kids and my dog today. Okay. What would they like to do? 
Um, can you incorporate that into taking photos? Can you make it somehow so that it's an activity that everyone gets excited about and not just is a goal for you and you're determined and you're going to do it and you're going to take the photo and everyone's going to enjoy it. Like, <laughs> can we, can we just make it a wonderful process for everyone? Cause I think it's going to be a better portrait that way. And it can be tricky when you're working with kids and dogs at the same time, because, I think their attention spans work in reverse. I think kids get excited about something when they first see it. And if they're in a new place, they're, they're revved up and they're ready to go. And oh my gosh, this is so exciting. Whereas a dog typically needs time. Maybe you bring them to a new place and they're like, whoa, what is this? I need to sniff around. Or, oh my gosh, is this a new park? Let me do a perimeter check for all the squirrels. And they need that time to kind of settle. And then yeah. they can relax and then they can take some photos. So you kind of have to balance your kids, maybe their attention span wearing off after 20 minutes and your dog is just getting ready and turned on and ready to go. So, so there's like a sweet spot somewhere in the middle. It sounds like where the dogs are less overwhelmed and the kids are not too excited, but not too bored where they're like, oh, and getting all dramatic because this is too boring and it's taking too long. Exactly. And, okay. and my hack for that is, especially if you have a high energy dog, I always recommend that my clients take their dog for a walk or even for a run before our session. I want to see energy. I want to see, you know, their, their personality and everything, but that doesn't mean they need to have been cooped up all day. So by the time we get together for a photo session, they are like bursting at the seams to do everything and see and smell everything. Right. I want those wiggles already out, like get those, get, get those kind of jitters and everything out with a walk, out with a jog. And then when you show up to our photo session soon afterwards, you know, there's a little bit of energy that's already been expended and they're right. a little more willing to maybe sit and stay for a little longer than they would be otherwise. If that yeah. makes sense. That is such a good tip. I love that idea. Would you say then that for the most part, because you're trying to keep your photo shoots natural and fun and more like real life, that it's less important than to teach your dog specific skills ahead of time or that you don't need to necessarily worry about any specific um, obedience kinds of behaviors or are there some that are still useful if you can get your hands on those? Cause not every dog knows all the same things, obviously. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I've worked with dogs that are service dogs and know every command under the sun mm -hmm. and I've worked with dogs that don't know sit mm -hmm. and you can tell them sit 20 times and they'll be like, what, what do you want from me? Yeah. So what I'll say is I have my favorite commands that I would love for every dog that I work with to know, okay. and I'm okay. happy to share those with you. But in general, yes, obedience makes things easier. I'm yeah. as a professional, I'm going to give you great results no matter what. So if your dog mm -hmm. doesn't know sit, that's okay. I'm going to work yeah. with it. But here's the thing. It may take longer. We may not get as many portraits that are, you know, of that quality that I would want to see as we would with a dog that's better trained. Plus, I just feel like training, it kind of puts that dog in the mindset of wanting to please you, of saying, yes. okay, what's next? What does mom want? What does dad want? Yes. You know, like right. they want to kind of do what's going to make you happy. That makes mm -hmm. it a whole lot easier when you want something very specific to happen, like you looking know, at the camera or smiling I, for a Yeah, you know, it's interesting you said that because I do feel that a dog that is engaged with the family that it is living with the owners of, or guardians, whatever you want to call it, that if you have a good training relationship, the dog looks to you and kind of worships you and is like, now what, what can I do for you? And you can really, I think in photographs, to me, what makes a photograph really 
good and powerful is that you see feelings in it. You know, you can see, you can see love or you could see enthusiasm or whatever. Um, and so when there's that bond of a dog and human who have done training in the past, as long as it's, you know, positive, happy training, I think that comes through in the pictures. Okay. I, yeah, I, I agree hundred percent. I want to know though. I do want to know some of your favorite tips. Yes. I mean, the training, so, the certain obediences that you mentioned are your favorite. Tell, tell us what some of those are. I've got, I've got my big three and they okay. are sit down and stay. And I'll tell you the most important of all those by far is stay. And the reason why <laughs> yeah. is because that lets you get out of the portrait. <laughs> if you know. don't want yourself or your legs or your feet to be in every single one of the portraits because your dog is just on you like Velcro, then yes, stay is a really handy command. And I just love sit and I love down because it even encourages stay more. You know, both of those activities are very different than, you know, standing or walking or running, which, you know, can be a little bit trickier to capture in photos. So right. yeah, those are, those are my big three. If a dog comes into a session, knowing all those and willing to do all those, yeah. then I know we're going to get just a bigger variety. It's going to go smoother. Um, right. and we're probably gonna have more fun. So, yeah. Oh, those are such good tips. It's so funny because I'm, I'm looking at my puppy right now. He's sacked out in his bed at my feet. Um, we did a big hike earlier today and nice. He, I try on photo on, on hikes. I try to take photos of him all the time with my phone. Um, you know, he likes to climb things. So it's kind of cute. He has a little perch. He's on a big rock or he's on a log, but he likes to get up there, but then do his own thing. So he's not necessarily looking at me. You know, I pull out the phone and he's like, Oh God, here she goes again. I don't want to be up here for that long. I want to keep moving around. So sure. it is interesting to contend with, that fine line of letting a dog be a dog and then, okay, for these three minutes, please do what I ask you to do. And then the rest of the time you can be free and do what you want to do. Yeah. I mean, for, for me, I, like I said, I want the dog to have a great experience. So I typically bookend my sessions with the dog having a great time. The dog's the boss, the dog's in charge of what we're doing. And so that's maybe playing fetch. That's maybe running around. That's maybe just snuggling with mom and dad. Like, I want to make sure that we both start and end with that awesome, positive, warm feeling that is going to help the dog just feel, you know, safe and, and comfortable and secure because when a dog feels that way, they're much more willing to, you know, maybe go out on a limb, do what you want them to do, but they're going to probably remember the good feelings. And yeah. definitely if you're out there taking photos by yourself, like you said, even if it's just with a cell phone or something, then I recommend still you kind of apply that same philosophy. And if that just means bringing out the treats and being super generous with those, yeah. in addition to like the, literally the activities that your dog wants to do, then I think, I think that'll be good. And I think they'll develop a positive association with the camera or with being photographed, which yeah, helps a lot. I do think that's interesting because it could be that when he sees this, he's getting treats. And so when this comes out, then he's like, oh, that's great. You know, just as we would do with any kind of training. What about um, with kids and dogs? Um, are there certain kinds of interactions that you're looking for in particular that um, I, I always like to address safety? Obviously, it's a really important topic for me because um, it's a big focus of my business is helping families be safe and helping dogs not make mistakes and helping kids not make mistakes that can end up getting somebody hurt. So I'm wondering, um, you see so many horrendous photographs online of like really inappropriate interactions kids yes, you do 
and yeah. all these things. And I have all these new gray hairs because of that. Definitely. Cause I spend too much time trying to teach people the right way to do stuff. But do you have any feedback for families on ways to still capture that relationship with the child and the dog and have them positioned in such a way where, where their bodies and emotions are feeling safe? Yeah, this I, I almost always leave up to the dog's comfort level. And I talk to the owners beforehand and I say, listen, is your dog comfortable with, you know, your child sitting next to him or her with, with your child hugging him or her? Because some dogs obviously are not okay with that. Right. And absolutely. that's fine. Yeah. And some dogs are. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I just kind of talk to them about what's going to be realistic and what my expectations should be as the photographer. So as parents, I mean, you know what your dog is willing to put up with yeah. and not. And I just, I mean, no photo is worth it. I mean, take it from me. I'm a professional. I'm still going to tell you absolutely no photo is worth risking anything. So, oh gosh. Yes. so I would definitely err on the side of, you know, caution, but mm -hmm. at the same time, take the dog's lead. Cause if the dog is feeling nervous or, or if he's already had a bad day, then can we reschedule? Like, can we, can we try and take photos on another day or at another time or at another yeah. place? Something where, you know, your dog is going to be enjoying it. If your dog feels much more open and happy when they're outdoors, then by all means go outdoors. Yeah. But I mean, if your dog is on the other end, totally into it, loving mm -hmm. it, you know, yeah. and, and wants to even, you know, give your child kisses, wants to sit next to your child, you know, that, that whole thing, then by all means, uh, yeah. ride that wave. That sounds That's great. really cute. It's, it's, it's so neat that you say that because I talk a lot about consent in my work with families, with kids mm. and dogs. And a lot of dogs just say, no, thank you. And they do that by walking away or they do that by, by looking away or whatever. Not all dogs will actually leave because you're still there. So people are, they get a little bit confused because they feel like if the dog was uncomfortable, they would just get up and go, which is not always the case. But yeah. there are these little subtle things that you can notice, little tongue flicks and look looking away and seeing the whites of the eyes. I'm sure you've seen these kinds of things that there are sensitive dogs that maybe a, a noisy truck went by and, and you notice the dog's behavior change. Um, I do think also that talking about following the lead is so important because I have clients, I had a session with one family. Um, yeah. They Right after our session, they were getting all dolled up and they were going to go to this beautiful overlook to do family photos that were going to ultimately be in their Christmas card. Yeah. And I just remember how stressed everybody was because it felt, I think they felt a lot of pressure. Not only were the kids, everybody was in there like coordinating outfits and that, you know, the dog was going to have dirty foot, dirty feet and possibly footprints. And they had the photographer waiting. I just felt like it, it doesn't have to be stressful. I'm sure that it's hard though, because somebody's hiring you and paying you for your time and then sometimes it doesn't go as planned. Do you have any way of helping families relax through that kind of feels like pressure, but maybe it's not really? Yeah, that's a super good question. And it's so tricky because you don't schedule a photo session every day. So if you're investing in professional portraits, of course you want everything to go perfectly. And it's adds another layer of difficulty working with dogs, even more so than children, because dogs so much pick up on our stress and they absorb that. And they yeah. just, they feel what we're feeling and they magnify it. And they're like, mom's stressed. Oh my God, what's happening? So yeah. the, I tell all my clients before the session to the extent they listen to me, I don't know, but I tell them just relax. Your dog can pick up on any stress. 
And that's mm -hmm. the last thing we want. So I just want you to chill out. If you're running late, chill out. But maybe plan to be there like a half an hour early. So even <laughs> if you are running late, those feelings of stress don't kick in. I know. And if you're working, I can tell you this much. If you're working with a professional photographer, kind of like I said earlier, you know, our job is to make something great. No matter what happens, no matter what outfits you show up in or what, you know, your dog is feeling like that day, our, our job is to make it great. So trust your photographer and trust yeah. that you pick someone, you know, of high quality. Hopefully you have, <laughs> if you've, you know, booked them for family portraits and right. you've chosen them out of all the other photographers in yeah. the world, right. but, you know, they're, they're going to give you something great. And some of my favorite portraits, I'll tell you this much, have not been from poses that I have set up. They have not been from preconceived ideas where I was like, okay, it'd be so cool if the dog was walking from this way and this was happening. Some of my favorite portraits have just been spur of the moment. Like, what are you doing puppy? Like, oh, wait a minute. This is really cute. Let me, you know, try and capture yeah. this. And right. so I think, I think those preconceived notions that we go into photo sessions with also speaking as a client of photographers, yeah. I have these ideas of what I want from my family photos. Totally. And it's the photographer's job to not only, you know, give you what you want, but go above and beyond and to, to give you something that maybe you weren't envisioning, but maybe is even better. So, right. so, yeah, I do think it's, you know, the blessing and the curse of Instagram is that everything looks beautiful and it puts a lot of pressure that the ears has to be as beautiful as everybody else's and all that stuff. It's, it's hard. It's, it's a lot. Um, when somebody wants to hire a photographer, what would you say somebody should look for to choose a good photographer that is skilled at, at capturing all of the members of the household? Oh my gosh. I love this question. I love helping my friends choose photographers, like I'm living sure. on the other side of the country when I have no connections, no vested interest. I'm always right. like, Ooh, let's see who you've got. <laughs> You're um, yeah. A big piece of advice that I would have is if you could ask beyond seeing the photographer's portfolio, because that's the best of the best over how many years they've been in business. I would ask if possible to see one session mm. that a photographer did, because if they get one great portrait out of every session and that's what ends up in their portfolio, well, great, but you probably want more than one portrait from your session. So yes. I would ask to be seeing more. I would want to see more from, you know, individual sessions that Right. Maybe they're in the location that you're thinking about going. Maybe you can't decide between like a foresty green location and more of like a, I don't know, a hiking trail or something like that, or, or, or a beach photo session, that kind of thing. Um, the more photos you see, I think the more you'll resonate not only with what that photographer's quality of work is and right. also the location of where it's being taken and also the photographer's style. I mean, my gosh, their, their photos should make you feel something. You should sit at their website and go, Oh my gosh, I want this to be me. You yeah. should have that kind of visceral reaction. Yeah. They're all about emotion. So, right. so yeah, I would absolutely look at that. I would also look at what the photographer offers because if all you're interested in is digital files, you should know that some photographers do not offer digital files, even if they're shooting with a digital camera. So I would definitely ask ahead of time what you can end up with, what's included with the session. Oftentimes you're paying for the photographer's time and talent and any products are separate. Um, sometimes some things are included with the session and you just, you know, don't know until you ask or until you see it printed on the website. But, right. um, but yeah, you've, uh, you've got to kind of figure out what do they offer? Is it in my price range? And are they products that I want? Are they products that I do something with and that I would love and cherish? Or is it like, well, I don't really care about digital files and that's all this photographer 
offers period. Mm -hmm. So what would I, you know, what value would I see there? So it's kind of a balance of not only fitting it in your budget, but also making sure you want what they offer. That's (laughs) such, such good advice. I love that. I, I definitely, I can be a real photo snob because of, you know, I mean, it was high school. It's not like I knew what I was doing really, but I knew enough to know that a photo that make you, makes you feel something is amazing. And I also learned that I might have been better in certain environments as a photographer than I was in other environments, you know, and I wasn't as skilled at real shadowy places compared to places with flatter light without shadows, you know, because I didn't have the skill set to compensate for those sorts of things. So I like that you said to look at different locations and see, see how those make you feel and see the quality of the work and all kinds of different. Yeah. You should, you should want almost exactly what you see on their website because what they're showing on their website is probably what they're best at. Right. So you shouldn't look at a photographer's website and see nothing but beach portraits and say, I want to hire you. I love your work, but let's go in the forest and see what you can do there. You know, like just <laughs> yeah. let's go urban all of a sudden, even though everything <laughs> you do looks like it's like the great wild west or something. So yeah, so yeah I would, I would make sure of that for sure. And uh, the other thing too, is I would talk to photographers ahead of time um, because not all photographers will want to work with kids and dogs. Um, some do <laughs> some love it. I enjoy it, <laughs> but others are like, you stay away from me. <laughs> and those <laughs> It was so funny when, when I had my daughter about a year ago, I was reaching out to newborn photographers, which was so much fun. And we had an amazing newborn session, but there were three that I kind of narrowed it down to. And I reached out to all of them. I said, Hey, this is what we're looking for. These are, you know, our dates. I asked about a couple of other things that were relevant. And I also said, can I bring my dog? Because she's part of our family. Can we include her in at least a few of the photos? I understood if she wasn't going to be in every single one. And it was so funny. The responses I got one kind of was like, um, I don't work with dogs very often, but you can bring her and we'll see what we get. Another one said, yeah, sure. You can bring her. I have no problem with that. I've you know worked with dogs a few times before. Another said, I love dogs. Please bring her. We're going to have so much fun. Who ah. do you think I chose? Huh. Yes, exactly. That's so funny. Yeah. I would imagine that would be um, like oil and water for certain people, you know, because it's hard. Right. I mean, it's really hard. It's, I, I, mean- I it is. And it's, it's the same reason that I choose to photograph pets. I've photographed weddings and I've photographed, you know, newborn babies and I have photographed events and, and, and family portraits that have no pets whatsoever. And, you know, all those are fine and good, but I chose my niche because I like it the most. It's because it's what lights me up. So <laughs> if you're going to bring potentially challenging subjects to a photo session, which is all kids and all dogs, let's be honest, then <laughs> Your photographer should be excited for the challenge, I think. Yeah. God, that is such good advice. So do you have any last minute little tips that you would want to give to any families who are trying to get even just just nice little memories, snapshots, you know, time, babies and puppies, and they all change so quickly um, that not everybody can afford to do a photo shoot with a professional every six months or whatever to show these changes. So do you have any advice for sort of capturing the big moments when in between professional photo shoots? Yeah, for sure. Um, I would say one of my biggest pieces of advice, especially with kids and dogs is that the perfect photo is not going to happen in the first 30 seconds of you picking up your camera or you picking up your cell phone. Um, 
<laughs> if you're in a place, um, you know, maybe a hike would be something different, you know, with your dog perched up on a rock. But if you're in a place where you can hang out for a few minutes, um, yeah. then hang out, see what happens, see what develops, see what poses kind of naturally come to your kids and your dogs and just kind of play around. And, and you know, digital memory is is so cheap these days, whether you have to buy an extra hard drive, which they cost very little nowadays, yeah. or if you're just, you know, kind of <laughs> adding up the photos on your cell phone, who doesn't have like an endless camera roll, um, then I would, you know, I would just keep taking photos. I would keep okay. seeing what happens because here's the thing. When you take photos of an adult, it's pretty easy to get them to listen to you. You can say, put your arms at your sides and look at me this way. And they're pretty much going to do that. With kids, you've got two arms and two pairs of legs on every kid, plus where they're, or one pair of legs, so two legs. On every I knew what kid. you meant. <laughs> it didn't even phase me. I knew Boy. exactly what you meant. Um, plus not only their eyes and their attentions, plus oh. with dogs, then you've not only got, you know, the four legs, you've got the ears, which can go every which way you've got their face, which will look whichever way, plus their tail. You have so many variables that kind of all should come together for that perfect photo. You're just not going to take it on the first image. And I've never had one of my clients say, well, you're a really great photographer because you took the fewest amount of photos and got a good one. Yeah. That's not a thing. Like <laughs> we, we can take our time. We can take as many photos as we need to, because you know, yeah. what matters is finding that one, whether it's, you know, one out of 10 or one out of a hundred, who right. cares? It's a photo that you love. So there's that. And then one more thing I'd say about the safety front, which is um, I would highly recommend that adults or older children be in control of the dogs and we don't give a dog's leash to a two-year-old or something Thank like that. You. I would, <laughs> that's, that's something that I've learned over time. I would say 13 years old minimum, a very capable 13 year old um, or around that age should be holding a dog's leash and nothing before that. I nothing really that. appreciate you saying that. I, okay, I, again, I was watching a video just the other day and whoo, you know, I was like waiting for the dog to just bolt and the toddler to be thrown across into the road or whatever, or scraped up. And then, oh my gosh, just so yep. much bad things can happen. <laughs> sort of. I mean, it's cute, right? And it makes a cute photo op if you're looking at, I don't know, some imaginary fairy tale land of <laughs> what cute actually is. But for me, I see all the red flags as opposed to seeing what is adorable about that interaction, right? What's adorable about that interaction is the dog is paused for one moment before it chases the thing or, you know, gosh. Yeah. And also the child is, has developmentally, it's not capable of making good choices. It doesn't oh, know yeah. to let go. It doesn't know, I don't know, to, to change directions if it sees something dangerous, like it, the baby doesn't right. know anything. You know, and even a 10 year old child, depending, they can be really stubborn and want to try to continue with the original mission and not realize that that they should do something different. So, yeah, I think I think teenagers for sure have developed that capability to say, wait a minute, let's change the plan. Right. But, you know, before then, it's it's a safety issue for sure. Yeah. And yeah. Um, and if you need to, you know, keep your dog on leash for a whole photo session, I get this question all the time of like, well, we don't want our dog to be like on leash, but it's not safe to take him off leash. It's like, okay, well, if it's not safe, that's like the primary thing. Maybe let's <laughs> not take the dog off leash. Is there a safe space that's enclosed? I love that you integrate common sense and dog savviness into your professional career. I think your clients are so, so lucky. If 
If you haven't already, please subscribe to the Pooch Parenting Podcast on iTunes or on the podcast app of your choice. If you're looking for ongoing support for your family with dogs, be sure to get on the waiting list for my Thriving Parents with Kids and Dogs membership at www.safekidsanddogs.com. And don't forget to follow Pooch Parenting on Instagram or Facebook. Thanks for listening.